Today, we are talking about making choices that glorify God and have eternal significance. Making choices that glorify God and have eternal significance. The story that our sister read to us is a very interesting story. It's a story of Lot and Abraham. Now, this is an uncle and a nephew. And uh, it begins, the story begins with, actually in chapter 12, Abraham goes to Egypt. And because his wife was so beautiful, uh, he was afraid that he will be killed and then they take away his wife. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, it's an interesting read. When you read that, that, that section, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit uh, tough, a tough one. But anyway, he decides, he says, when we reach there, just say you are my sister. <laughs> uh, then that way I'll be able to live. <laughs> so he goes and uh, Pharaoh's people do, do come to him and then he says, this is my sister, they take her. And then God gets mad and uh, begins to punish Pharaoh's family. So Pharaoh comes back to Abraham and tells, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me this is your wife? You've brought trouble into my family. So uh, that's not our message today. But anyway, he releases, he releases uh, Abraham and, and Lot. And so the story begins that then, so Abraham went from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had and Lord with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Now, this is the first time the scripture here talks about wealth from Genesis 1, and it tells us that Abraham was the first man that we, we, could, we, 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 could, we could put our finger on to say that he became this wealthy. And uh, he comes to Negev, he worships God, and then Lord, who was moving with him, uh, had also flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them. Now, there are two main points that I would like to leave with us today. <clears throat> One, that in making choices that glorify God, do not, the first point is do not make them out of selfish gain or greed. Do not make them out of selfish gain or greed or pleasure. Church, life is not about us. Life is about God. God is weaving a story and it's about him. He has only allowed us to live so that we can be part of that story. So that you can have a share in what God is doing in his world. Unfortunately, we've made life to be about us. And whatever we see, we think should be ours. It's not about you. Tell your neighbor it's not about you. <laughs> it's about God. Lord and Abraham came, had just come from Egypt. Their livestock had increased and they were both very wealthy. Their heartsmen began to quarrel because of wealth. 
Now, this verse reminds me of another uh, scripture, not quote, but you remember when the children of Israel were, had left Egypt? God told them, when you are blessed, and uh, you will be blessed definitely, but remember not to quarrel. <laughs> Don't quarrel about things. There is nothing wrong with wealth, but the perspective at which we view wealth, how we hold it, is where the problem is. Wealth can be a source of trouble if not viewed in the right perspective. For many people, they think that when they achieve wealth, they will have reached. In fact, several of my friends have looked at some of, some of my friends and said, Hi, we are Mefika, Sinivio. <laughs> that one has done what? Has reached. That one has achieved. Their goal of evaluating success or their, their way of evaluating success is when somebody has gotten wealth. So when you have gotten wealth, then they say you have done what? You have reached. You are successful. This story gives us a different perspective. That wealth can be a source of trouble. Wealth can be a source of unhappiness. So, Lord and Abraham all along were very happy. They were nephew and uncle. They lived together. The little they had, they enjoyed together. Their time together was warm and happy, whatever they had. But when they now looked at wealth as a significant thing, trouble began. Their herders began quarreling and saying, you know, you need to move yours, you need to do this, and all that. The focus in developing countries, as I have said, is that we become more wealthier because that will answer our problem. Many families that I know, that I've known, we have many broken families who have been chasing wealth as an answer to their problems. When they attain the, that which they were chasing, they end up being very miserable and they are broken. When we were in the US, I remember some of our families who came from Africa. Because their dream was, we want to be wealthy, we want to get the American dream, so they chased it with all their passion. One family that I do know of actually had no time for each other, the husband and the wife. The wife works at night, the husband works during the day. What are they looking for? Wealth. They are chasing wealth. In the end, they have no time. They become strangers. Finally, again, this one family case, the man ended up committing suicide because he discovered that the wife, because of their work relationship and they have no time, had also developed her own friendship. And he had also developed his own uh, friendships. And they ended up in a very bad state. And there are several cases that we could, we could, we could, we could name just because they pursued the wrong thing. And on this note, I'd like to challenge us, particularly families. Family unit is a very important unit in God's eyes. 
The reason that God has brought you together is that so that you may have time together, grow together, build up each other. Anything that breaks you, anything that comes, no matter if it is looking for wealth or any other thing, should be thrown away. That is not important. What is important is that you build a family that honors God with little or with nothing. Once you honor God, God will take care of your family. Never break your family because you are pursuing something. I know of several families that have left here, either the wife has left here to go to a developed country so that they can look for wealth, so that they can help here. Meanwhile, their families are getting broken. Never make that mistake. It's a wrong choice. For some, interestingly, after the parents fight so hard to get the wealth, and they are wealthy, in some cases, I've been told of cases where when the father or the mother is aging and they are very sick, the children come. They don't come visiting them to see if they are still alive. They are trying to see what a kufalini ndio nichukue tractor. Mungina anasema ataenda lini ndio nichukue nini. Gary. All that. So that the focus is not the relationship. The focus becomes the things. The Bible says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Wealth should not bring quarreling or problems in the families. So Abraham looks at it and tells Lot, look, look, this is not a problem. This should not be a problem. You know, he tells him, he begins to advise him. He says, let's make a decision. We shouldn't quarrel because we are relatives. He says, you decide. The land before us is huge. We have all this opportunity. So make a decision so that we separate. You go your way, I go your way. If you go left, I go right. If you go east, I go, I go west. So Lord had to make the choice. And this is where it is very key. So when we make our choices, I said, do not make choices out of selfishness because once you do that you lose it. So Lot lifts his eyes looks at the green lush side green and what? And lush. In fact it is described in some, in some, in some uh, uh, Bibles they describe it everything was growing well it's, it's, it's compared to Egypt where they had just made a lot of wealth. And so he says, Lord decides after lifting his eyes, he sees this place. He says, Muse, happened your mimi So imagine this is his uncle. If he was a wise man, he would have said, Baba, mimi kama kijana siwezi nikaamua kwanza. Wewe chagua kwanza kama nini? Kama But because of selfishness and greed, he takes up the first choice and decides and says, I will go for this green place. The word is, the key word there is, he lifts up his eyes, chooses what was pleasing to him. Chooses what was pleasing to him. It reminded me of a story of a young man who, when he wanted to marry, saw a very beautiful girl, so came to us for cancer, 
And so I told him, my friend, what has attracted you to this, to this girl? And he says, no, she's very beautiful. She's very, very beautiful. Okay, that is fine, given. <laughs> no quarrel about that. <laughs> what else has attracted you to her? Zero. He couldn't, he couldn't mention, uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't say anything else. Long story short, we tried to counsel him to help him because this girl was not a Christian. She was drinking and she had a very bad life. But just the beauty alone, the man could not handle it. If he saw, he says, now who you too. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether she's drinking, whether she's doing what, I'll take her. Wrong choice. After about five years, uh, it didn't, I, I don't think even reached five years, they were no more together because of what he saw. What we see in our eyes can be very misleading to us. Our choices should be based on spiritual significance, not material benefit. Lot knew the people of Sodom, as in verses 13 says, were sinful. But he decided since it was lush and green, I will go and live there anyway. And if you read further, you, it is very interesting. He, he chose the good cities. He went, lived there. And then when you go to chapter 14... He's actually gone in and is living at the middle in Sodom. There are very serious consequences when we choose out of our own selfish gain. The things that we want the most in that state, we end up losing all of them. Lord chose the green lush area because he wanted wealth. Those of you who read the scriptures, what happened? Just next after that, God reigns on Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord is among the people God wants to save because of Abraham's prayer. But the thing that Lord wanted the most was wealth. He wanted to, 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 to even probably double more than Abraham. But what happened? He left Sodom with only his two daughters. He only succeeded coming with the wife halfway and the wife turned to be a pillar of what? Sold. So the very thing that he was really desiring to get, because he viewed this lush green area, is the very thing that he lost and almost messed up his life. Any decision that we make based on greed, based on selfishness, will look good for a moment. And you may, you may be happy just like Lord did, living in the city for a short while. But the outcome of it is very, very painful. I remember, you all know the story actually in, in the First Kings, the book of First Kings chapter 3, I will not read it, but it's a very interesting story. All of us have made it to be about Solomon, but I think it's about these two ladies, the prostitutes. I know the wisdom part is very, very important, but for those that uh, have not read the story, I'll just refresh your mind. So Solomon, uh, there they are these two prostitutes. They have uh, children, both of them, one earlier, and then the other one follows. And then they stay in one room. They sleep, actually, it seems they sleep in one bed. <laughs> Or a place that is, that is close to each other. So one of them uh, kills the child by 
by when they were sleeping, the child died. So she decides, I'll take the child of the other one. So she removes her dead child at night, changes, puts the child to the other lady, and takes the life child and brings to her side. So when the other lady wakes up in the morning, she finds a lifeless child. She tries to breastfeed and the child is dead. She looks at the child and says, this is not my child. She looks at the other child and says, yes, this is my child. And so they begin quarreling. <laughs> this is my child. The other one says, no, this is my child. This is my child. Everybody says, okay, let's go to the king. So Solomon asks them to come and he listens to the story. The same story is repeated. This is my child. This is my child. So Solomon says, okay, bring the knife. Ask the soldiers, bring the knife. The knife, the, the knife is brought. The soldiers hold the knife and say, all right, we are going to cut the baby into two so that you take half and the other one takes half. You know, the lady that had killed her child went, hey, that is okay. You know, let, let the child be killed and so that we divide. The other one that, had, that the child belonged could not hold it. She says, king, give that lady the, the child. Let the child live. I'll be fine with that. So let, let her take, let the child live and let her take the child. Now the decision, because we're talking about choices, this other lady was selfish, the one whose child had died and was taking the child from this other one. And she had decided that because I'm childless, she should also be childless. At any cost, because uh, if, I, if, 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 if I'm not benefiting, let her not benefit. But in the end, who succeeded? The other lady who was not selfish. The other lady who was actually willing to give up the child ended up going with the child. The lesson here from Lot and from these two, uh, two ladies any decision that is made out of selfishness will bring a bad end. Will make you more sorrowful, will make you more miserable. So, first decision from, uh, first lesson from chapter 13. If you are going to make a decision for your future that has eternal impact, Think about Lot. Lot was selfish. He ended up very miserable. The things that he wanted in life, he never got it. But here is the other side of the story that our life has to, to commit our remaining time. It is the story of Abraham. Abraham was guided by biblical principles. You see, when Lot uh, when the workers of Lord began quarreling, Abraham said, you know, we don't have to quarrel. There's so much out there for us. We can live both together and be happy. Abraham knew that whatever direction Lord takes and whatever direction he takes, the most important thing that he needs in life is God himself. Even if it is a desert, God will cause streams to come out of desert. As long as you are with God, 
there is nothing impossible. And Abraham was sound in that. It doesn't matter where you go. What matters is who are you going with. If you are going to remain here and remain with God, that is more than anything you need. The lush, green, good-appearing place without God will turn into a desert, will turn into a very bad place. So Abraham knew that very well. And so he had other important things that he was more concerned. And one of it was that he tells uh, Lord, we are brothers. We are, we are family. We should not quarrel. And so a biblical-based principle that I'd like to leave with us is, in verses 8 is, make choices which value relationships over rights. It may be your right, like Abraham had a right being the elder, to take the first choice. But he said, I'll leave it to him. Because he valued the relationship. Many problems would be avoided if we valued relationships. We were created for each other. God values people more than things. God values that the very creatures that he made achieve his purposes. All the things that he has given us, the wealth, has their place. And basically there are things that help us achieve the will of God. There are material things that help us to do that which God has purposed for us. And so Abraham knew this secret and he said things should not separate us with the most important thing that is with God and with my fellow human being. So if you are to make a decision, think about relationship. The second thing that we learn from Abraham is make choices which enhances your relationship with God over approval of people. Verses 18 is a very interesting passage or verse. It brings something that is not out very clear in this, in this passage. Both Abraham and Lot were living amongst sinful people. Both of them. But the difference is Abraham understood where I live, God has to be honored. One as if you were. So for him, after Lord had left, what God did, Lord lifted his eyes, but God spoke to Abraham and said, lift your eyes. A very different, a very, a very major difference. This one lifts his own eyes. God tells Abraham, lift your eyes. And I think when he lifted, he saw dust. <laughs> and so God tells him, you are, I'll bless you. You are, you, are, you are generations, the people that your offspring will be as many as this has. And he gives him all those blessings. Because where God has directed, God will bless. So he was telling him, you may be seeing something now. It is brown. It is all this. But what is ahead that I'm ready to, to, that I'll be giving you is way more than what you are seeing. Anyway, but after he does that, Abraham does a very unique thing. He goes, they say, by the trees of Mamre. I love, I love that, 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 that word. I don't know. I have to do a study on it. But he goes there <laughs> by those trees. And then he builds himself a tent. But he also builds a what? An altar to God. 
he raises the presence of God so that he is worshipped where he is. He wants God to be lifted up in that community where people are beggars. Abraham goes to the city, enjoys the city, get, not Abraham, Lord, enjoys the city, mixes with the people. But Lord, Abraham immediately realizes, I need to build an altar for God. But he also realizes, I'll put a tent, I'm a sojourner here. We are in a pilgrim. We are passing in this world. So this is not a permanent place. This is a place where we are to connect with the creator, make a difference for the glory of God, join the story of God, of what God is doing in this world as we sojourn to our future place where we will be with him forever. Abraham understood that completely. And so for him, he valued eternal promises. What God was seeing is what he wanted to see. Church, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be done what? Will be given to you. What have we done? We seek first all these things, and then we begin to think about God and his righteousness. Abraham was the other way around. He understood that by seeking God and by lifting God, God will bless him. And indeed, there was no wealthy man like Abraham, but he had the right perspective of wealth. He understood what wealth is and what needs to be done. If you are faced with a decision next time to make a decision, think about the kingdom, not how much money you will make. Think about God and his mission, not about what will it be there for me. Abraham had that very, 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 very clear. It is the eternal purposes of God that matter, not my own dream. It is the things that God wants to see achieved in the world, not the things that I feel as a human being I need for myself. The interesting part of it is God will take care of your things. As we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, he takes care of our things. Lord pursued the green lush life. He lost it. Abraham pursued God. He got God and he got everything. I think the message for us is clear. We have to make a decision. And this passage is calling us, as we make our life choices, we make God first. That is what is important. And it's actually the same message that Joshua had for the children of Israel. In verses 24, in chapter 24, verses 15, as I bring to conclusion, Joshua asks the children of Israel, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Church, I do fully understand. We are faced with many choices. I am in that, you are in that. But a choice that is before us is a choice for life. Abraham understood that if I choose God, I choose eternity. If I choose God, then I bring glory to him and my family 
will be taken care of. Everything else will be fine. And he made the right decision. Joshua, having come with the children of Israel, the children of Israel, each time they choose God today, tomorrow they are worshipping idols. Today they are with God, tomorrow they are worshipping idols. The idols of the people that lived around them. And so Joshua comes straight to them and he tells them, make a decision today whom you will serve. Is it the gods of the Amorites? Is it the gods of the people of this land? Or are you going to decide to live for God? You have to make a decision. You cannot be in between. But he makes it very clear that as for me and my household, we will decide to follow who? God. That is a decision we make because we know where that is headed. As we bring to closure, I do know that we are all subjected to all these very difficult temptations. And the world around us is bringing a lot of choices that as a human being you can easily run for what is good for you. Remember, Lord did that and failed. I'm inviting you today to be Abraham, to choose from the scripture, knowing that God is building a story. I want to choose God. And like Joshua challenged the children of Israel, you want to choose to work for him. I want us to bow as we bring to close this message. And I want you to take time and ask God, who searches and knows your heart? Probably you've been clouded, clouded by the choices that this world offers that look lush, green, that bring just short-term fulfillment. And for some reason, you've been trapped in it. Or for some reason, you've been pulled in it. My brother, sister, God is saying today, I want you to make the right choice. Because if you go to that choice, if you go in that direction, just like Lord lost everything, you lose life now and lose life in eternity. But God is gracious and is saying, look, I brought Christ for you to give you life and life eternal. I want you to choose Christ. If you are here this morning and you are struggling and saying, what do I need to do to get out of this? I want to invite you that say, yes, just raise your hand and say, Lord, here I am. I want to choose Christ. I want to choose to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. If you want to say yes, I want to choose. Thank you. Just raise your hands and you put it down. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. It is between you and God and you are saying, today I want to make that decision to make an impact, to live a life that is impactful. I want to make a, a choice to say I want to live for God. Please put up your hand again. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Church, may we all rise as we pray. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning that has encouraged us to make the right choices. 
and I want to commit to those who have made a choice today to follow you that they have chosen you as their Lord and Savior. On their behalf, we plead for your mercies upon them, that you forgive them, that you cleanse them, that you accept them as your own children, O oh Lord. Thank you for saving them. Thank you for loving them. And those of us who have also showed our hands to commit ourselves again to you, that we can make those choices that are good. Maybe we have been making choices that don't glorify your name. We pray that you forgive us. And that as a church, you help us to choose choices that will glorify your name choices the lord you can stamp your feet and say yes these are choices that my children have made and if we have suffered even consequences because of bad choices we have made in the past would you forgive us lord would you lift us and heal us from that brokenness and make us all again thank you for your servant reverend mairuri thank you for using him Thank you for empowering him. We cover him with your blood now. As he has shared your word. That you continue blessing him. That you continue uplifting him in your ministry. That he can continue being of our blessing. Every time he comes to share. As you even protect him and his family. Against the weapons of the enemy. Who is never happy when words like these are spoken. In your midst and in the midst of your people. Cover him with your blood. We thank you and we glorify your name. And even we thank you for the offering that you are going to bring. Thank you because you are the one who have blessed us and given us. That offering, that tithe, that thanksgiving sacrifice. We pray that you can receive them now as we bring them. And that you can bless those hands that give. And even those who don't have, provide for them. That they can be people who can minister with what you have blessed. And even as we give we pray that what we give will be used for your ministry, O oh Lord, to enhance your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.